The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, so what are we drinking today? New drink. Like Yay. that's a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Nightcap Sloppy Joe's 1935. Wow. And it is a simple drink. The simple drinks amaze me because... You don't have to think much. Basically, this is all equal parts. Okay. So it's cognac, dry gin, white cream to cocoa, and lime juice. Equal parts. Equal parts. And did you taste test it? No. Okay, well, let's see how it tastes. Of course I did it. (laughs) It's pretty. It's kind of an interesting yellow-green color. Yeah, and you float a little coin-sized lime zest in it. Mm. That's interesting. Ooh, yeah. It's kind of like, it reminds me of, it reminds me of a lemon popsicle. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. The lem- the ones that are two parts and you break one half yeah. off. That kind of lemon. Yeah. Yeah. That, it reminds me of that sort of lemon-lime popsicle. Isn't that funny? And there's no lemon in it at all. <laughs> I think it's the cream de cocoa I'm getting. It is. I think, you know, it's made for late night sipping. Yeah. Because it has a delicate sweet sour gin and kind of cognac flavor, but... It can also be served as aperitif, um, even for breakfast. You know, like, you know, mimosas or Bloody Marys, those kinds of things. This could go with a breakfast. Well, I'm not sure I've I would drink it for this. breakfast. I've never had it either. It's interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I'm one of those people who's <laughs> not you have a really into gimmicky drinks. I know. And this is kind of a gimmicky drink in a way. It is a little bit. You know, cognac. It might grow on us. I'm sure we have a couple. Yeah. <laughs> It'll grow really broadly. Yeah. Cognac, cream de coco. What else? Lime juice. Oh, lime and, juice. And gin. And gin. I wonder why the lime juice tastes like lemons. It's interesting. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I, I think, think it's, it's the, the cream de coco. It like messes you... things up. Definitely tastes like an ice cream. It tastes like that popsicle. Yeah. Like it really does. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Like we melted one of those popsicles. I know, that's what it tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. You know, the other day we were chit-chatting, mm-hmm. and you told me how you have a lot of people interested in your feet. Yeah, it's it's a thing. It's huh? a thing. <laughs> and I think it's kind of cool, because you've got kind of pretty feet. I, have pretty, I think I have pretty feet. Yeah. And so I wanted, to, I wanted to get into your head about what it is that you dig 
about people being into your feet? Well, for one, I remember when I had my first pedicure. Really? I had had to have been, you know, it might have been in high school because I would, like, when I qualified to state championships, Mm -hmm. I was a runner, and so I would kind of like one of those things I did for myself. No one really knew I did this. I didn't tell my parents, and it wasn't like it was a secret. It was just kind of a kind of a superstitious thing I would do yeah. that I started. I think I was, when I was a freshman, and I had run the CIF championships, and I, as a freshman, was the, I think I was the fastest freshman in the state, but, like, I was fourth fastest overall grade. Yeah. Like, you know, which is a pretty big deal as a freshman in high school, you yes, know. yeah. And California is a huge-ass state, so it's a big deal. I was in, you know, the biggest division, that kind of thing. So, anyway, I was nervous going to go to state that year, and I decided to get a pedicure. I'd never had one. Didn't know really how to go about doing it or anything. Did you dig it? Yes. Um, Do do you know why you dug it? Why? Well, sensual didn't matter who it was. It wasn't like I was into the person doing it as much as it was the doing of it. Mm. The central nature of, of having your feet massaged, mm. you know, is central in itself. First, you soak your feet so they're yeah. warm. They get warm and pliable. And then they, you know, massage them with, with lotions and things. And I think also I started getting into hot paraffin wax dips where they, your foot in a little bag and then dip it in hot wax, kind of like at the PT. Yes. And then they peel it off your feet. That is the most sensual feeling ever. Did you know that the genitals and the feet occupy the same somatosensory part of your cortex? Yeah. Well, they're adjacent. They're not the same. They're adjacent, and there's some cross-fiber connections between the two. And so there are people who believe that that's where the source of foot fetishism occurs. Well, it makes me kind of almost like mesmerized drooly. Yeah, like that would make sense. You know, I kind of let pe- I just kind of uh, almost suck my thumb kind of thing. And, you know, then to have someone, you know, paint your toes, which... I'm pretty tall, so, you know, reaching all the way down and curled up in a ball trying to paint my toes myself is an undertaking. Yeah. And so to have someone else do that, yes, of course. Painting the lines, that kind of thing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, you want people to do your feet. Now, in particular, I know that some people like feet that have really long nails. Yeah. Like even extensions added. Mm. And that's not as much my thing because I like to be able to walk and move around without getting blisters and those kinds of things. I have pretty soft feet, like actually baby soft feet. And so when they go in, I have to warn them ahead, like don't cheese grate my feet. Yeah. Because they'll actually grate it down to the meat. It's no good. No good. Yeah. And so I like tell them, be very gentle. I don't have a lot of calluses. Just feel for anything that feels rough, you can rub away. But, I mean, you don't need to use the grater on me. But I'm next to women who are in there getting, it is gross, like literally cheese grating their feet. <laughs> like they're taking, this just is, like this, you do a block of cheese. This I'm is not supposed kidding. to be a kinky podcast. <laughs> I know, but this is, but some people get off on that too. But, I mean, I I'm just saying that's their feet, fine for them. I'm soft feet. I have soft feet. Yeah. That's why 
my feet and cock worship with my feet is so oh, there we go. wonderful because there we go. my feet aren't like all well, callousy. Callousy. So for foot fetishists, the points of attraction may include the shape and size of the feet and toes. Yep. Everyone's into different things, whether they have long feet or slender feet or short feet or high arched feet. Painted toenails. Yes. Short or long toenail beds. Yes, of course. High or low arches. Yes. Soles. Yeah, some people are really into the beds. And I have interesting, like if I do a footprint. Yeah. You'll see the forefoot, like the pat, the yeah. front of my foot, and you'll see my heel, and rarely will you see anything on the side. Yeah. And then you have the state of dress of the foot. Oh, yes. Barefoot, flip-flops, Flops. sandals, yes. high heels, mm-hmm. hosiery. Peekaboo shoes are a big thing. Yeah. Socked or unsocked feet. Mm-hmm. The other thing that people are into is foot odor. Oh, I know. People like you to wear... It's like panties. Yeah. They like you to wear a specific set of hose or socks or something, and then they want you to send it to them. Now, you have a particular foot fetish. You're into shoes. I'm really into shoes. And not just any shoes. Like sexy shoes. Sexy shoes. Well, I'm into very... I have really expensive taste on sexy shoes. Yeah. Part of it, too, is I have this fetish... And this is going to be on my bucket list. I just haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. I really want a pair of Italian shoes made for me. Mm. Like I really want a real, like a shoemaker to make a pattern for my foot, to design a shoe that's perfectly fits for my foot so that when I get in, it's like a glove. I've only had one or two pairs of shoes that have ever been magical and they happen to be Nine West. Yeah. And I went in... You know, because I've tried on Jimmy shoes and things like yeah. that. And quite frankly, for my foot, it, it doesn't fit. I mean, yeah. they look fine. Um, but if I talk about the comfort of them, yeah, they're terrible. And yeah. so for me to have someone take into account my arch and the way my foot hits the ground and all that business and, and then to design a me a pair of... And I even just want a classic pair of pumps, just a classic. That's sexy. Right? Yes, sexy, of course. Pointed toe, the whole thing. But made for you. I I can't even imagine what it would feel like to be in a shoe that was made for you. Yeah. Like, that probably would set me off. That would be orgasmic for me. Because that is one of the hardest things for me to find. Yeah. Is a shoe that fits. Yeah. And you like doing sexy things with your feet. Yeah, so... I have a proclivity also, if I don't step over what you said, is to buy my shoes first and then buy the outfit to match my shoes. Okay, tell us about that. That's a big deal for me. Like, it is very difficult for me to go shopping and think of an outfit and then later go think of shoes. It's like the shoes have to fit and feel good because I'm going to be in them, right? And if they're all a go, then I will design an outfit just for those shoes. I like it. Yeah. It's okay. my favorite thing to do. What's your favorite color shoe? You know, I like black a lot. Yeah. For shoes. Because yeah. it's it's classic. classic. Yeah. However, I like I like all kind I like reds and blues and all sure. kinds it depends on the sexiness of the shoe. I just saw I put on my bucket list or my favorite sexy shoe list these cork shoes that had spikes oh. coming up. So they're cork shoes. Heels, yeah, the classic pump with these steel spikes coming out of them, and it's just super sexy. And someone said to me, "Like, what drink would you have with those?" And I said, "Wine, of course." 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that is I think that's really cool. Now where are you on shoes versus boots? I love boots. Uh, if you're talking about just me being dominant, yes. I want over the thigh boots. Over the thigh boots. I yeah. like I like um, latex vinyl boots that come up shiny. How about uh, leather? I like leather too. I like leather too. It's yeah. just quite pricey. Um, there's there's a couple also kind of industrialized boots. I wouldn't say necessarily they have to be punk, but they're in that area and I like some of those that are come up mid calf because yeah. they remind me of my motorcycle boots. Yeah. I have motorcycle boots with flames on them. Nice. I mean the reality is I like boots. I <laughs> wear boots. Yeah. Boots are actually very comfortable. Yeah. And if you're going to play boots for trampling on people yes. or working like in a dungeon environment are yeah. practical, are very good sure. for that. Yeah. You know? Let's get to trampling. Trampling. So tell us about how it feels to be a trampler. For me, trampling falls into the area of power. Yeah. How does it feel on your foot to have those balls and cock under your toes? Squishy. Yeah. It's very squishy. Yeah. Like more than I think it would be. It's like when you, if you're cooking octopus and you have the yeah. full octopus on your counter and you're actually working with it, your hands, and yeah. you're like amazed at like how. It's gelatinous but squishy. Yes. Yeah. It's like that. So, you know, for me, it's about applying the right pressure and where you are on the pressure and using the thighs and those kinds of things as extra sensory areas because there's a ton of of nerves in there too, to to play with that. I think it'd be fun to have an apparatus that you designed to restrain it and then trample within that. Nice. I think that would be cool too. Yeah. You've used your feet to kick balls before, so... I have kickballs. I, I yeah. can't believe I said that, but I had not yours. No. no, we were in the early phases of trying to like interview people with feet interests, vetting, if you will, subs, and so I made a meeting with with your help, you know, because you had to vet them as well with the sub, and was starting to vet him because we thought he made some of the cut. And, you know, had a butt plug for him to go insert and then had him go buy underwear because we were at a mall. So I was I was sitting in a Cheesecake Factory bar and told him, okay, go put this in. And he comes back sheepishly like he's done it. Took him a little bit of time. But that's fine. I don't care. I was eating and having a glass of wine and having cheesecake. Yeah. And then I sent him off into the mall to go get to buy some women's underwear at Victoria's Secret, which that really freaked him out for some huh. reason. Like... He could have played, I mean, let's just be honest. He could have just played off he was buying underwear for a girlfriend or something. Sure. It's not that big of a deal. I did tell him to go in and try them on and take pictures, but he, you know, he freaked out about that. So anyway, long story short, we go out to the car and he's all kind of, I guess, hemming and hawing that he didn't follow through, and but trying to still show that he's interested. And I'm kind of turned off at this point, like, okay, you can't even follow simple directions. And... It got to the point of he wanted to advance, and I was like, no, but I'll kick you in the balls. <laughs> and I did, yeah. right in the parking lot. Like, was he, he stood with his legs apart, and I had heels on, and I kicked him really hard in the balls. And what happened to him? He grabbed his balls. Did he go down? He didn't go down, but no. it was a big blow. Like, he yeah. crumbled. Yeah. And 
it for me if it's if you talk about the power part it was kind of like it's like cleaning the slate for like how he disappointed right you know don't go all the way to having me meet with you right and then Not i get through. that you can't follow through but then you got to take what happens with that responsibility decision. yes exactly yeah. so i felt like we were clean and then of course i was done with him so now you've talked about as a foot fetishist having people worship your feet yeah, I really like people to worship my feet because I, I, I'm partial. Everyone's partial to their body parts, I guess. Yeah. But I'm very partial to my feet. I think I keep them protected all the time. Right. And so I, I myself treat them with high respect. Right. And I expect the same from others. Right. And I think people could get a lot out of giving the attention to my feet. I think so, too. Because if you're really honest about your attention to someone... As a foot fetish is. I mean, there's reward with that. Yes, so. for sure. Well, they could do a lot worse than you, right? Yes. Yes. Of course. Especially since your experience as a dominant is very, like, real. Like, like that's the way you experience yeah, yourself. Yeah, I mean, that is not something that I put a hat on. No. And I don't want to disrespect anyone that is into role play because there is a place for that in kink too. Sure. But there's a difference between being a, a true dominant. Yes. And yeah. I happen to be a switch. You know, I'm your submissive. That's my choice. I'm very selective about my submissiveness because I think it's precious. And I gift it to you. And yeah. that's just what happens. That's what it is. And I take your submission seriously. Exactly. And I don't give that to anyone else. My proclivity as an oldest, as a woman in a male-dominant field, is yeah. to be dominant. Right. So what's great about us is I get to be explore that submissive side of myself. And it's very special. It makes it super special. But my dominance is always there in my professional career and everything. And yeah. I was thinking about that today after work. I was driving home and recognized I have a what would appear a dominant male at my place of work but I'm learning very quickly actually he's extremely submissive to females and it's a cultural thing right and we have a very good relationship extremely good relationship working relationship but I recognize I thought about this today is I don't ask right I tell right so I'm telling him things all day long of what I need him to do for me. I, I didn't really quite recognize I was doing that because it's right. come so natural. But today in particular, because I asked for a lot of things today, I didn't ask. I told. Right. I basically said all these things I needed him to do and told him what I was going to do. Right. Not ask, but just told him, this is what I'm doing, but this is what you need to do. And it was like, no problem. Right. You know, what is that? Your work submissive? I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know, they have work-wise, but work yeah. submissive? I mean, I think that's well, how I, just, I operate. I do. I think that's right. I think you're naturally dominant. You have a dominant experience of yourself and a right. dominant way of being. And as a dominatrix, you are extremely present. It's not like you have to think about what to do. Yeah, I don't have to think about it. And right. I think I'm everyone's heard the podcast i'm extremely high on integrity and so right. as soon as someone tells me they they're wanting to do this or that and i tell them how they can get access to my attention right and then they him and haw and they say well i don't really want to do that because that is this or other and a lot of it comes down to my expectation is as a dominatrix i speak a certain language in my kink world yeah. And so I want a common understanding. So I often tell them they need to do 
my task a day coaching in order to align with me first to see if he's that person is vetted to be aligned with me and right. can speak the same language as, and is in the same place of their journey right or at least compatible in They're their on journey, a journey on their journey that's compatible to me because right. why would anyone want to waste their time right just trying it out that doesn't right. that doesn't make sense to me no, you're a good guide yeah and I'm I'm empathetic and I'm also emotionally connected to anyone I interact with. Yeah. And so there has to be that connection and that's built over time. Yeah. And not to misstate it, you are empathetic, but you're also demanding. Oh, yes. Yeah. I am a taskmaster. <laughs> yes, you are. And so in the world of feet, if somebody's interested in interacting with you around your feet, you're on Fet Life. I am on Fet Life under Lady Petra. Yes. I'm also under some of the Fet Life foot groups. Yeah. And there's a couple different groups that I'm part of. You can see my groups on my profile. Yeah. And I think really someone interested in connecting with me on my feet would need to reach out to me and would need to be clear about what they can offer. Right. In exchange for my attention. Right. And they can reach you by email, ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Correct. Or they can reach out to you on Fat Life. Yes. And you welcome people interested in your feet. Sure. Yeah, very good. <laughs> That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Thank you.